God. How many are ready? All right. So <clears throat> if you could get your Bibles with me and uh, you can follow along also on the uh, screens there. We're going to read Romans 13. <clears throat> Romans 13. So today, part two of a series we began last week called Blessing and Honor. Say that with me. Blessing and honor. Blessing and honor. It really is one long message. Let me just tell you that. It's one long message, but I just broke it up in three parts because I like you guys. I don't want you to kill me when I keep you at church till five o'clock and you gotta watch some football, I know. So, so, but, uh, but, uh, the, the blessing, this series is what it's about. It's about a heart of honor. One of the things, uh, last week we, we, we read a remarkable story. You can read it again. Uh, for yourself out of First Samuel 24. And there's a story of David, who at that time was not the king of Israel, but uh, it was the story of David, who was actually running after Saul, who Saul wanted to kill him. He was, Saul was the king of Israel at that time. He wanted to kill David because he knew David would be, eventually become the king of Israel. And, and, and what was really remarkable about the story is this, is that as Saul is chasing after David, David gets an opportunity to be able to actually kill Saul. And he passes his on. So the guy that's after his life, the very thing he's trying to do is to actually finish David. David gets a great, awesome opportunity where he can take him down in his most vulnerable spot. And he says, the Bible says that his conscience got to him. And David says, I can't do this. This is not my job. I'll let God repay and God do what he needs to do. It's not my, my job to, 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 to kill God's anointed. And, and the idea behind the story uh, is that David's point for not killing Saul is not because Saul was correct or he was right. David was moved with something a lot deeper. He had a more integrity. He put God first. He had honor in his heart. And that's what we base the message on. So I want to carry in from there. And, uh, and, and the Bible teaches about honor. And when you look, you look at the word honor in the Bible, oftentimes it's associated with blessing and even curse when there is dishonor. Okay. But that's something that our culture is forgotten. Because it, show, uh, it shows up in almost every avenue you go to. You find little kids that have such disrespect teenagers and adults my goodness i know we can say kids but adults that have no honor or respect in their hearts i think the greater thing is not respect is actually it's honor because honor deals with integrity deals with the with the condition of your heart respect is the action that you put so when you have honor in your heart respect kind of follows but you can do respectful things without having honor in your heart. Are you with me at least? They're both necessary, but if you are to get one, get honor. Because respect will be a lot easier to come when your heart is right. You see, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So whatever comes out of your heart, it says, guard your heart above all things, because out of it runs the issues of life. So anything that we want to do of a change, of a, um, uh, even when we want to adjust behavior, if I want to 
uh, begin to act better. If I want to to treat my kids better, treat my wife better, treat my, my husband better, or treat people better. Before we start correcting their behavior, we need to do an introspection of the heart. But the Lord says, if you can get the heart right, that some of these other things will be easy to do. And so that's what I want to speak into, is speaking into this, this uh, virtue that's in the Bible that's talked about a whole lot. And sometimes we don't realize, I think we, we, we sometimes don't realize how much weight it carries and how much it affects our overall life. So, last week we talked about honoring people. When it comes to people, I couldn't go through the list of different people uh, that the Bible says to honor. But on the top of that chain is your parents. It's honoring parents. That's God puts it even in the, in, the, in the Ten Commandments. Okay? So today I want to talk about the other area, and it's about honoring leaders. Again, I'm not going to catch all leaders, but we're going to just talk a little bit and see what the Bible has to say. Can I give another? I'm gonna, before I read also, I'm going to give another just extra um, uh, bonus here, just a thought for us to think about. How many think we live in the last days? I think we do live in the last days. There's sometimes, you know, like last week, the week, the last week was kind of a crazy week. You know, with the hurricanes coming on this side, then you read about other countries, earthquakes in Mexico, uh, North Korean guy keeps testing stuff and pushing the result. You know, you think we're on a time bomb. One little thing can set this thing in motion and you think, wow. But who ever thought, though, that honor is also some... When the Bible talks about the end times, one of the things that it, it touches on is how people are going to be like in the last days. It says people are going to be disrespectful to their parents. They're going to put money above everything else. They're going to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And he throws in honor in that same statement of how people are going to be like. So think about that. But as believers, we are not we are to, to, to recognize the times that we are living in. Just because those things are going through in our lives, just because our world is like that, it doesn't mean that we have to be sucked into it and live by the way people are living in the world. Not at all. We can be in this world and still be a people of honor because as we live for the kingdom of God, it's a reflection that would draw people to Jesus Christ. Noah lived at a time where people were very corrupt. But yet, says Bible says that Noah was righteous in his generation. We could raise righteous families. We could be righteous people in a very corrupt world. And that's our witness. And that's why I'm speaking to this a little bit. So let's talk about leaders. Now, Romans 13, it's a very straightforward passage here. I wouldn't read all of it. I'll read just a bunch of verses here, selected verses here. Verse 1 says, Let everyone be subjected to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Let's skip down to verse 5. It says, Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because, not only because of possible punishment 
also as a matter of conscience. In other words, when you're cruising 25 miles an hour over the speed limit, oh, come on, people, you know, you've done that before. Maybe some of you are better than the rest of us. He says, just don't do it because you'll be get caught by a cop. Let your heart be governing you as well. And that be the deterrence, not just because, well, if I get caught, that would be a big ticket, right? I'm not saying that I've never gone over. Uh, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, you know. <laughs> this is also why you pay taxes for authorities. Uh, for the authorities are God's servants who give the full, the full time, full time to governing. Give, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, then pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. One more verse, Romans 12.10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Is it such a big deal? Is it relevant in our time? I want to submit to you, it is a big deal. It is a big deal to God, and it is relevant. But you see, the outcome, it's, it's one of those things where you can't control the consequence. But the Bible makes it very clear, if we don't take these things right, is that it has a residual effect that impacts generation to generation. So when we're teaching our kids, when we are trying to form our kids, when we are helping them grow, we want to shape a heart of honor. And you know, it starts, first of all, with a heart that honors God. And we'll, touch, we'll talk about that next week. And it's awesome, going to be awesome. Uh, actually, I'm already looking forward to next week before I even start this week. But I think we have to understand a few things and come to terms in a few things to be able to uh, actually really understand what God means by honor. In the Bible, you would find that, well, before I get to the points, uh, I want to kind of point out a couple of things from what we read. Can I do that? Look at verse 7. It says, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, pay revenue. If respect, um, uh, respect, and then if honor, honor. So for one, that verse does distinguish honor and respect. And I know the way we use our language right now, most of the times they are one in the same. In fact, many Bible translators would actually use the words interchangeably. Honor and respect, but I want to say honor is better. Okay. Secondly, I want you to see the next uh, verse five. It says, "Therefore, if necessary, to therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience." In other words, the first, when it comes to slowing down, using that same example, slowing down to the limits. Well, just help it so you don't get caught and don't get a big ticket, right? Talk to me, people. You're awfully too quiet. But that has to deal with respect. That has to do with respect. But honor would be different in the sense that you have such disrespect, uh, respect for the law that... Even if you know there are no cops assigned on Highway 77 on Sunday, 
And there is no possible way on earth that somebody will stop you. You'll still abide by the law. Now that seems like a very high standard, doesn't it? Or is that pretty easy for most of you? When you are late about five minutes to work? This church is so quiet, you're scaring me now. <laughs> I want to pick about three different areas of leaders that we need to look at and uh, how we can show honor, but also check our hearts as we live because honor really is not as unto men. At the end of it is really as unto the Lord. So, well, three areas that I'm going to sh- touch on just this morning and then we could go home, right? The first kind of people I want to touch on is it's just people, leaders that I want to touch on is people in authority. People in authority. This can represent any number of people. Just living life overall, there are people that are going to have authority. Sometimes it's long term, sometimes it's circumstantial. You're just in a group project as a student, and there's a guy that's the leader of that group. They don't have authority over your life, but in that context, they have authority by virtue of what their role is. So are you following me? Your people that you work for, some of them are not awesome people. Some of them are actually jerks. And you're not going to change that. You're not going to be able to change that. But yet the law says that we demand that they, we show them honor. Why? Not because they necessarily deserve it. It's because we serve a higher God. And sometimes even, an, uh, let's take a bad employer for example. Uh, or someone that's treating you horribly. Unfairly. And you know they hate you. Like Saul hated David. And David knew this. I mean, he was running away from Saul. He was hiding in the caves to get away from Saul. Saul shows up in the cave. Completely unguarded. No weapons. And David is right behind him. His friends are saying, wow, isn't this an awesome miracle, David? Look it. God's blessed you. Can you tell? He's put your enemy at your disposal. You can do anything you want and your problems will be over from today onwards. You'll begin a new life. And David grabs his sword. He cuts the robe. And the Bible says something happened on the inside of him. He he would have killed Saul. It would have been justified. Justifiable. Self-defense. He brought 3,000 people to come after one guy. And yet something, because David had something inside of his heart that was of God. David honored God. 
See, the Bible says of David, this is God's testimony about David. He says that I have seen David, the son of Jesse, Samuel the prophet, uh, speaks. A man after God's own heart who will fulfill all of my will. God had seen that heart of integrity in him. It wasn't all the things he did. It had to do with his heart. And you know, Saul, even after getting free that day, if you go on to read the story two chapters later, he goes again after David. And David gets another opportunity and he passes it on. Why? There was something deeper in his heart. And I have to ask myself, God, am I even close to David? Is my heart even there? If I was in the same position, would I react the same way? But I ask that. We all need to grow. The Bible says we've got to live from glory to glory. I would imagine David wanted to just end it, but he had the fear of God inside of his life because he actually went for it. But then the Lord dealt with him. And he says, you know what? I know the Lord will deal with Saul. Either he'll kill himself, someone else will do it, or he'll just die of old age. Eventually, it's going to be over, but it's not my place. And I believe if David had taken a move, I think his story would have changed. I think there are sometimes we've taken a move and our story was different. We didn't take a step back. Because real power comes. Not when you're powerless. When you're in a position to do something and you do the most humble thing. See, when you're really humbled... By circumstances, by life, by what? It's very easy to stay at that, with that disposition. And when you're begging and needy. But the real power comes when you have power in your hand. And how do you utilize it when you have the upper hand? When all the money in the bank is there. When all the power and authority is there. When you have the edge. When it's owed to you. It's a hard message, but it's not impossible for our hearts to be converted that way. I think sometimes it's hard for us to even picture that because of the world that we live in. Because there are very few examples of people of honor, people of integrity in our midst. That when even we have a leader, a world leader, a national leader, that even shows the slightest picture of that we worship that forever because we think they are rare but that's how god originally designed for it to be i want to challenge you to start praying if you have work in a bad environment a toxic area maybe you work for a toxic boss to start praying for them And let me tell you how to pray for him. Because I've had those prayers sometimes. Hey, God, you know, this office is only surviving because of this one here, your servant. But they are really awful, God. You know, if you could just teach him a lesson. I'm exaggerating, but I know we sometimes... 
But he says, when we go to the Lord, <laughs> we need to be humble. For the heart that the Bible says that he who exalts himself, God will humble. Who he humbles himself, God will lift. That's a disposition of your heart and a condition of the way you pray for somebody that's wronged you. Let me tell you what our Savior said. He said, bless those who persecute you. Pray for those who despisingly use you. Because oftentimes, those people that are, I'm not excusing any bad behavior. I'm not excusing that. But oftentimes, whatever they have is baggage that's been passed on to them as well. And by being a man and a woman of integrity, a woman that reflects the Lord's love. And I'm talking compromising the truth. I had one time worked for a guy that uh, people did not like working for him. Somehow, some way, he was kind of high up in the company, and he'll be over different people, and all of a sudden, people will just be apply, applying to go elsewhere. And I stuck with the guy, and later I, I found out why when he became my direct report. And so I remember one day he called me at his office, gave me a project to do. Okay, so I'm sitting down, I'm listening. After he gave me the project, he sat me there and started walking through every single item. It started driving me nuts now. Even what's to say to people that I'm going to... So I looked at him, I'm thinking, okay, he's getting uncomfortable. And I'm trying to think, God, uh, I can't just walk away feeling rage or... Okay, I'll do it. So I sat down and I said, uh, Link, uh, I said, you know, I've got to ask you a question. I think I, I really appreciate you letting me do the project, but it seems like the way you presented it that I have nothing to do. You never asked me if what I thought about it. And he looked at me and he pushed his desk aside. He says, wow, nobody's ever told me that. I completely micromanaged this project, completely. And when you told me that, I thought to myself, I do that all the time. And all these years, nobody's ever told me that. Opened his eyes and thought, wow. And you know, I didn't do it disrespectfully, but it was an opportunity to share God's love with somebody. He goes, he 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 told me, you don't know What's going on? My light bulbs are going all over the place. And I can just see I've done it. I I said, I do that to everyone. He was completely blind to that. And there people would hate him, go talk behind his back. And he was a good man. And you know, he he put my name up for some promotion sometime. And he said, thank you. He came and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll tell you what it is. And I've seen in our culture, and as believers, we need to be careful I think many times we confuse car- disrespect and courage. People are driven by this feel like, I'm going to stand up for what I believe is right. But the way we carry out things sometimes, we confuse, we think, oh, I want to be courageous. I don't want to be on the other side and think, oh, you saw bad happening over and over again and you did nothing about it. 
But that's not an excuse to be disrespectful. And for non-believers, I expect nothing less. For believers, we have a good witness. Even when we've been repaid wrong, even when we keep doing the right things and it's not coming back to us, guess what? We have an advocate. We have a God who keeps track. He is our avenger. He's our promoter. He's the one who watches over us. Our jobs are not our provider. Thank God for the jobs we have. But God is our provider. Life can change in an instant. So uh, if you want to change your attitude, start thinking that you're working for God. Just imagine God is your boss. Then you can work differently. How many are receiving something? How many are going to make some changes even this week? Amen? Because I'm going to move on to the next thing, unless you caught it. You, you didn't catch it. You know, um, uh, in, in, before I move to the next one, just one story I, I, that really impressed me. I was watching, how many know Shaquille O'Neal? Who knows who Shaq is? He's awesome, yeah? He's a monster. I love watching Shaq when he was, he'll crack the board you know when when you're a young guy watching watching him come and playing basketball when he retired he started some show i think on tv i watched a couple of them shaq was against everybody you know like shaq fighting oscar de la hoya shaq racing um, uh, michael phelps on uh, on the stream you know trying to you know so and shaq could do everything but i remember one time i wanted to i watched the show right after it was shaq versus michael phelps swimming and he's getting coaching lessons from a from a swimming coach. Shaq is like right here. And the coach is like right here. And the coach is kind of trying to coach Shaq on how to, to get to work on his technique a little bit. And one of the things that really impressed me, it actually stayed with me the whole time, is how he interacted with the coach. So this is an all-time, uh, he's an all-star multi-millionaire. He's done everything he possibly can. He'll be remembered forever, you know, in terms of basketball. He's conquered the world, won multiple championships. This coach is a non... Nobody... I I didn't know. I don't even remember the guy's name because he was a nobody from that spectrum. I, I was absolutely impressed with how respectful he was. He never addressed the coach by his name. He called him coach. Yes, coach, yeah? And I thought, wow, all those years of playing disciplined basketball, it instilled some type of respect and honor for the position of a coach, even though Shark was a guy of a lot more influence than the tiny coach, swimming coach, high school coach that nobody will ever know. And I thought that was something. I, I, I never forgot that. I said, isn't that something? But it shows some, and I, I actually ended up respecting him a lot more for watching that. And that really is that uh, God can shape our hearts. That even a kid can be brought to your job and says, Hey guys, here's your new supervisor. He has no experience right out of college. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's happened to you. But you can have the respect. <laughs> you know I'm talking the truth here, people. The other part he talks about is the uh, church leaders. Okay? Church leaders, First Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in, preach, in preaching and teaching. Hebrews 13.17 Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with, gr- with grief, 
for that would be of no advantage to you. I'm not even going to go to much detail. I think the word is very clear there. But one of the things in our culture, and again, uh, one of the things in our culture that I've noticed, this thing called social media. Social what? It's amazing to me how quickly Christians fight one another on that forum. It's amazing to me the audacity that we have sometimes and how quick we are to even judge other ministers that we don't know nothing about. Some funny journalist put something that they thought would, throws it out there, or some guy that has, that's negative, that's putting maybe a pastor down. I'm not even saying this pastor here. And we th- believe it to be the Bible. And we start advocating and making, uh, making the world know. I only can say this with confidence because I have seen it happen with pastors that I know personally. Pastors that I've actually talked to in their ministry and see what they do in their churches. Maybe they have a national, they are a national figure. And you're like, wow, these people are so misinformed. Now, non-believers can do all they want to do. They say, we'll be persecuted for Christ's sake. But Jesus did not say we should be persecuted by other believers. We should be persecuted by the world. If you don't know the story, even if you think it's wrong, withhold. Keep your honor. Keep your dignity. Let God judge. Am I saying they're all going to be perfect and do the right thing? Absolutely not. There are some leaders that would do some horrible things. Judas was one of Jesus' disciples. He walked around with Jesus for three years. He did ministry with Jesus. And he did some horrible stuff. But who judges? And everything that flies isn't true. Even if it might look like truth. Some will actually... One thing I don't respect, and I will never do here, is when a minister stands on the pulpit and actually calls out other ministers by name and picking apart their message, their church, their ministry. I believe this is reserved for the gospel and the word of God. You preach what God puts in your heart to preach. Be truthful to that. And if there are people messing out out there, you can speak to issues, but don't start attacking individuals. I just want to encourage Lincoln City Church people. Let's be higher. Some pastor may be bashed out on the social media sphere, and it might look seem credible, but you don't always know the full story. Unless you have an audience to go in and ask and say, hey, don't forward it. You know, at the end of the day, Non-believers see this thing play out in the forum. And they look at those Christians and they think are a bunch of hypocrites. I don't want none of that. Think about the witness that we become. You see, that's why the scripture says, give honor because that would be a witness to non-believers as well. But if I'm arguing with a guy online about how, oh, my pastor is the best. Well, you guys have the best pastor in the world, do you? And you as he sucks. Non-believers. Just think about it, how it plays out in non-believers' minds. They're not Christians. But then they look at it just from a natural sense. 
It is such a horrible witness for Christianity. And it keeps more people from even giving a chance at this Jesus that we've come to know and love and appreciate and has changed our lives. We are to be witnesses for Christ. I have seen it over and over again. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And I thought, you know, as a pastor of this church, I can say that to you. Check yourself as a believer. Be a peacemaker. Don't perpetuate stuff. And there are many things that come on that are not truthful at all if you knew the real situation. But we have an ability now with technology to make even a lie look like the most credible thing on earth. Just because it's there, it's, it's in the news, it's not the Bible. That's all I have to say about that today. And may the people say, Last one. See, how I'm, get, I'm doing a lot better. I'm getting to my last one. Government leaders. Government leaders. Say that again. Government leaders. First Peter 2.13. Therefore submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. For whose sake? For whose sake? Whether to king as supreme, or to governors, or to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. That whole statement just basically say cops. Okay. They don't make the law. They just are sent, hey, that guy broke it, go get him. For this is the will of God. Whose will? We're talking the, the Bible here. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Again, emphasizing what I kind of just talked earlier about. We see evil, we do good. We see wrong, we do right. We don't perpetuate it. Or giving it voice. Now listen to this. America... Listen to this. As free, yet not using your liberty as a cloak for vice, but be born servants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. As free people. Another verse says, but don't use your freedom as an excuse for sin. I was born in Kenya. All my childhood I spent in Kenya. And I would say most all my adulthood I've spent in America. I've lived in this country under the presidency of President Bush. He's full. President Obama and President Trump now. And I can tell you without a doubt, because watching through it, is that observation from a kid who's new on the block, that's kind of just observing, is that each one of them, I was amazed at the, how people spoke publicly against President Bush. The people that did not like him saw it. 
and they did not appreciate it. But the people that did not, they did not see it at all. Then eight more eight years came, President Obama. So it's not a Republican issue or a Democrat issue. It's an American issue we got. Eight years. People that liked Obama didn't, and people that did not like President Obama. And it's not that the Bible says we have to agree with their policy. No, not at all. But how do we speak publicly against those leaders? Now, I might not like a certain leader. Now it's happening with President Trump. Let me tell you, break it to you. It didn't start with Trump. If you're honest, go to the, go to the internet and see what they said about Obama. But they go to the internet and say what they did about Bush. And you'll find it did not start with Trump. But I believe as days go closer and closer, it's going to get worse and worse. Because the problem is not the people, the presidency. It's something within the heart of who we are as a culture. Dishonor is happening at home, people. Kids are talking back to their parents as if... You know I'm speaking the truth. Or they'll act up in public places when they know mom cannot really, really do something because... The shame's gonna come on mom, not me. And they are good at pulling that. Oh, they start young, trust me. That stuff is not the political world. It's something that's happening in the heart of our culture. But you know, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. It says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Just because that's the predominant thought through culture, we don't have to go with culture. We can go counterculture. Sometimes we think in order to affect culture that we have to look like the culture. I say no. Sometimes people just need a refreshing thing that's different. It's like, how come you don't freak out every single time something goes wrong? Well, let me tell you why. I used to freak out. I'm not better than you this stuff used to stress me out like crazy i would not sleep over things like this but i met this man jesus i'm still the same person but he started changing me from inside out and now i know oh i lost my job and it's i could have gone crazy for a while but i know i know i know that he watches over me and so i can be I, I keep praying i keep trusting i keep i keep just living knowing that god is for me he is not against me that the steps of the righteous are ordered by god i get comfort in knowing that god is on my side and so even though i can't see from the end from the beginning i still trust that god's interest for me his plans that he has for me he says that i know the plans i have concerning you they're plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and those things comfort me and they strengthen me and even through the hard times as i read this morning even though through i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for i know god is with me that's why i don't freak out anymore because jesus changed me 
Jesus transform me. And I'm learning his word day and night. I'm getting transformed. I'm getting renewed. I used to think this about money. And now I don't think that way anymore. Because the word of God is transforming me. I used to think this about marriage. But now I've been changed. I used to be horrible to my wife. But boy, I'm getting better. Oh, if you look at my life from yesterday and today. I'm making progress. Not perfect yet. But I know Jesus. Talk about an opportunity for ministry. Talk about a testimony. It's like, especially people that knew you. They knew you BC, before Christ. And they know you AD, after, or AC, I guess, after meeting Christ. And there's better be some progress that goes on. Some of you are political people. And you just cannot stand when you think it's going wrong. Can't contain yourself. Can I tell you? Your pastor is a very political person. You may never know that. I wanted to go to politics. That's what I was as a 1918 year old kid. I was on track to go to politics. Because I believe that believers should be involved as well in political discourse. And I thought I'm gonna be that change. And the Lord said, No, 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 I didn't call you to do that. I called you to preach the gospel. I said, Yes, sir. Studied history as a kid. I ate it up. Government, I ate it up. Because that was what. But I know that no matter where we are as believers, Jesus reigns. I've lived enough to see believers in countries that are oppressed. My friends in Asia, Singapore, communist countries. But they are preaching the gospel and they are winning more souls than we are in America. Some of the pastors that will come here next month that are planning churches all over the world come from countries that Christianity is not really popular. But but, Because they see a higher thing. And we cannot... Because our time, I can tell you, we are, we've highly politicized everything. We're politicizing sports. We are politi- you so, you want to just go to a game and just like that guy that plays basketball so well that you're like, ooh. And then they start making that into politics. I want to watch a good movie. Why does politics have to do with it? We politicize everything. And unfortunately, too, we're politicizing the pulpit, too. And it's toxic. But the thing that will change it is truly believers who have honor in their heart. They so, even if the person in place is someone you don't agree with, you can oppose things. But don't rebuke the leader because there's people that do that. That's not the godly way. There is a godly way. Get yourself on your knees if you're frustrated. Get those frustrations to the Lord. Because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, the Lord says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. That's why we pray here every quarter. We pray for the country. We pray for civic leaders. We pray for that. Because that has more impact than me bashing a leader. Tale of two presidents, Obama, President Obama, President Trump. If you really think about these men that are in those offices, and you think about 
how they get there. And you think about the process that it takes to get there. It should put the fear of God in you, even if you don't like the process. Because if God did not permit for them to get there, it would have never happened. Do you know how many odds they go through to get there? And yet they emerge to be that person? Oh, God forbid. I need to pray for my leaders. And he says when we pray for our leaders and we have a peaceable life, that's a blessing that comes with that honoring our leaders, is that we have peace in our country. Do you know if anything else what Satan would want is to really make this that you divided states of America? Because if it is the divided states of America, it's the end of us. It's the end of this country. At one point, who's going to bring that change? It's God's people who have honor in their hearts and they can see a higher power regardless of who is intermediate there. Because God is the one who holds the world in his hands. And that's the one we serve. Because at the end of it all, living a life on honor really reminds us of who we are and reminds us of who God is. And, how, and when we know how much he loves us and how much he's in control, we will not be scared. We will not be intimidated. Our leaders need the Lord. They need the counsel of God. The last thing they need is everybody bashing them when we are not really honestly praying for them. Because when they succeed, we succeed. When they fail, it's all our demise. I'm going to break finish with this statement. I read the verse from First Peter. First Peter. That's the verse I used for this point. Let me tell you about First Peter. And Second Peter. The two letters the Apostle Peter wrote. He wrote it during the time of Nero as the Empire of Rome. That season of history was the worst for believers. Most of the apostles were persecuted and killed and tortured during that reign. Peter was killed during that reign of Nero. And yet he's the one who writes the church. When they are completely persecuted, many of their friends are getting killed for knowing nothing wrong, just believing in Jesus. And he says, therefore, I submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him to punish those who do evil. He is telling this to a church that's not in disagreement in policy. No, a church is getting killed. Some of their meetings like we're praying for, oh, no, pray for. He was killed. Oh, that pastor was killed. Oh, that apostle was preaching there. Yep. That was going on all the time. It was one of the toughest times of Christianity as it starts to advance. And yet that's the crowd that he wrote this letter to. We haven't seen bad times yet. We can still be people of honor. Give me honor, Lord. Check my heart. It starts in our hearts, in every situation. And I tell you, if believers would grab a hold of this, 
we can begin to see a new revolution. I still am believing for the last day revival because the Bible says there will be the former rain will be greater than the past rain. Let's stand up. I'm going to stop. How many received something for God? How many? You can start this morning. You can start in small places. Let the Lord's word challenge you. Uh, Allow God room in your life to challenge you and to help you be a better person, a better witness. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Come on, pray. Pray all over. Before I pray for you, you begin to pray for yourself. God hears you. It's so quiet in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh.